Hello, welcome to Truth Sayers Neurocast. This is our podcast that brings together the leading voices from business, science and technology to share reflections and stories on the value of open, honest communication. I'm Cheryl Stapleton, Head of Communications at Truth Sayers, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Melanie Franklin, Director of Agile Change Management and founder of the Continuous Change Community on LinkedIn. And I also have with me Andy D, one of the founders of Truthsayers. Melanie, lovely to see you today. Can you give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you do? My job really is to help organisations to build their ability to manage change. There's a, an incredibly high volume of new ideas coming out all of the time. And organisations keep trying to implement those changes to to take themselves forward to transform to transition to new ways of working but how we do that and increasingly how we do it across the organization what I mean is involving everybody not just having a small group of perhaps external consultants who come in and do change to people is crucial to competitive advantage for organizations and sometimes just keeping their heads above water. There is far more ambition for change than there is ability to be able to make change happen. And so I'm just trying to even the score, if you like, uh, and help organizations build that ability. Great. Brilliant. And we'll talk more about change as we go through this podcast. Um, And Andy, Andy Dean, tell us a little bit about you and maybe how Truth Sayers came into being. Uh, yes, thanks, Cheryl. I'm Andy D, co-founder of True Sales. Our business came um, into being around 15 years ago. And in that 15 years, we've been developing implicit techniques to find out how people actually feel as opposed to what they say. And what I mean by implicit techniques is to try to get past the, the conscious thought processes that people have, which can influence how they respond and actually tap into their gut feelings their emotions, which are non-conscious, and the things that give them their attitudes and make them behave in the way that they do. And tapping into those non-conscious emotions is a way of really finding out how people feel as opposed to what they say. And that specifically is what we're about. Great. Thank you. And we'll talk a little bit more about um, how neurotech works as we go through the podcast. I just want to open up with a kind of a question about change, really. You know, why is change so difficult? I think it's because, um, first of all, change is uncertain. And uncertainty is not something that as a human being we tend to vote for. Uncertainty is full of fear. Uncertainty is full of the risk of getting things wrong, having to fix things, potential humiliation because you're not as good at something as you used to be or other people might laugh at you. For all of these reasons, change means doing something different that you weren't doing before. And often, particularly in organisations, it's compounded by the fact you have to try and forget all of the routines and habits and processes that you were using And at the same time, your brain is telling you you're good at and that you've been successful using. So you're having to volunteer to give up known success for unknown risk and uncertainty. And that's not something that we feel comfortable doing. It's it's a big ask. Mm. And it's not an easy thing to admit either that you are scared of change. I suppose it's about how do we de-risk change? How do we take away that risk and, and allay that fear? 
is change scary for people because people often see change as threatening. And really what we're talking about is evolution, isn't it? We're evolving businesses. We're making them better. And changing them for the, for the better is a good thing. But I think the way that we actually uh, articulate change needs to be looked at in terms of business so that we make it a far more positive type of statement as opposed to this threatening but perhaps frightening situation that change can sometimes instill in us. I think change is a very difficult word and actually a lot of organisations are starting to avoid it. Um, I like what you say about uh, evolving. I also see um, other words like transitioning. Uh, transformation is an incredibly popular word, although that's now starting to get people fearful because transformation sounds like a a massive shift. Um, I agree that uh, the language matters because what I want to do is encourage people to try something new. Um, I want to encourage them to experiment and learn from it, Um, to tell them that they have to change implies that perhaps what they were doing before wasn't right they were in the wrong and now they're going to change to being in the right that there's an implication there of a negativity which I think can be very upsetting for people but evolving towards something or evolving out of where we are towards something new transitioning those are languages that I think people are starting to adopt a little bit more this is why it's so important to um, use our neurotech platform which obviously you do, Melanie, because what we're doing is we're finding out more about people's attitudes and their emotions and their feelings towards change or transformation or evolution, whatever we want to call it. And it's going deeper than the traditional surveys that they've used in the past and complements those. In fact, you know, what we're, what we're capturing is, is both sides of, of uh, that coin, if you will. We're ca- capturing people's conscious responses in terms of how they want to respond, if you will, or how they feel they ought to respond, compared with their automatic gut responses, which is how they actually feel and their attitudes. And it's vital that we capture both of those so we can see how authentic people are being, but also where the gaps are within a business that a business needs to concentrate on. And the Neurotech platform does that brilliantly. Some of the questions that I'm using the Neurotech platform for, it's been really important because if I ask questions um, in a standard sort of survey questions about um, do you do you think people um, feel that the changes are aligned to your strategic direction? Do people feel involved in the change? Do people feel aware of the number of changes that are coming? There is when you see that as a standard survey question, you immediately feel the need to say yes. Because you think, well, yeah, we we are communicating. We're sending out emails to people. Um, But there's that structural, we are doing the right things. But there's an underlying, yes, but is that does it feel good? Do people feel involved? Do they feel considered? Um, And I think having those questions and being able to sort of get underneath the, the standard survey questions and find out, yeah, but how how is change really happening? in your organization that's what i needed so much to be able to give everybody's answering the survey that's the kind of information that they need is that feeling 
of mm, how's it really going and not just how's it going on the surface because anybody can tick a checkbox but what they need to be able to further enhance their ability to manage change is they really need to know how it's going. I think there's a danger that um, with all ex- you know, conscious service, explicit service, as we call them, considered rational responses, is that people tend to think, okay, uh, what do they want me to say? Or what should I say? As opposed to necessarily, I don't really feel that way, but I don't feel I can say that. And it's vital to get past that and to get to have people actually feeling. And again, I go back to what I was saying earlier. That's what we can do with the Neurotech platform. And it's so vital to do that and and give people like Melanie and her organization the information to be able to help companies navigate their way through this transformation and concentrate on the things that really matter as opposed to what people kind of say. And the other thing is, from an emotional point of view, our emotions are often hidden from us. They're automatic. We don't consciously generate them. So you need a special tools like the Neurotech platform to go past that, that conscious response, if you will, that considered response and draw out of people how they really feel. And people often can't express how they feel or, or don't know really how they feel at a conscious level because we're asking conscious questions um, about the non-conscious. Uh, and that's where we get this juxtaposition between traditional surveys uh, and the information that you get from them and, and how people potentially actually feel. Because there are so many things that affect how people respond, whether it's socially acceptable, et cetera, is one thing. Uh, whether they feel threatened by making, you know, telling people the truth is another thing. Uh, and whether they're simply trying to be kind to the researcher or their company by saying, oh, yes, you're doing everything right. Everything's wonderful. Um, Job done. Well, that's not job done. That's not even part of the job done, is it? So getting to those emotions and attitudes is vital. So we talk about being able to get to the emotions and be able to get to measure this, but how does Neurotech work? How does it manage to do that? Well, we use a combination of... um, Two things, really. Uh, priming, which is a phenomenon that's been used in psychology for many years, uh, and we all prime. You know, As soon as you say to somebody, do you know so-and-so, you're priming their brain. Neurons will start firing about that person, and they'll be able to give you a response as to what they feel about that individual. And also reaction times. And we know that people respond quicker when two things uh, are congruent or are, if you, if you like, um, related to each other. So by using priming and reaction times, what we can do is to get people to perform a very simple task. All the people have to do when they respond to our surveys is press one of two keys or one of two buttons and capture their time of response. And we affect their time of response by priming them with a statement such as, I want to work here, or change is good for the business, for instance. And then asking them to press a specific key for either yes or a specific key for no. And they don't have a choice in this. They have to press the key that we tell them to. And what happens is if they agree with that statement, if they feel that statement is right, they will already have coded in their brain for yes. And if yes comes up, they'll find it very easy to press the key. If no comes up, there are two brain microstates that neuroscientists identified that slows that press down. And it's that difference in reaction times that we measure through the Neurotech platform 
And from that, we can tell how strongly people feel about the statement, either positively or negatively. And that difference in speed is probably imperceptible to the individual who's actually doing it. It's less than the blink of an eye, but in terms of how fast the brain works, it is highly, highly uh, important. It was really interesting when we were testing out the survey, people were saying, it kept telling me to say yes, but I wanted to say no and vice versa. And it just highlighted, I had to keep saying to people, that's fine. That's exactly how it should be. If the, if yep. you could feel that there was a difference in what you were being told to press and what you wanted to say, it will come out. It will come out in your speed of response. And they're going, mm. no, 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 I was pressing it quickly. I'm going, no, seriously, there will be a difference in the speed of response and we will be able to pick that up, which is why mm. the results of the survey are so interesting and being able to share that with everybody who is um, contributing. It's absolutely critical for getting the conversation going at a deeper level about what it is we should do to increase mm. our ability for change. Being able to see that the, the implicit overlaid with the explicit is really quite eye-opening. Where people are authentic and saying one thing and, and feeling the same thing, that's great. The, the, the real challenge is where you've got people feeling one thing but saying another thing. Yeah. And yeah. this is really where, where we're pointing business to say, look, this is where there's cognitive dissonance within your business, where your people will find it hard to accept change or to be able to do this. And those are the areas that businesses need to concentrate on because that's what they can put right. I'm really attracted to using this approach because the neurotech platform is based on neuroscience. And increasingly, I think our most effective interventions when it comes to change is by recognizing that it is the brain of the person that we're asking to work differently that's the real stakeholder and that um, increasingly we look at all of this stakeholder analysis I can look at 10,000 people in an organization and I'm given the data based on their job titles uh, based on demographic information how long they've been in the organization um, and I'm encouraged to group them based on the impact the change is supposed to have on their jobs. But actually, it's in their heads. That's where the difference is really made. My job is actually to win the argument that this change is worth making. I struggle with the idea that change can be managed. I think what we're doing is that we are catalysts for change. We trigger the thoughts, feelings, and attitudes in people who we'd like them to work differently. And if we inspire and motivate them to do that, then they will be off and running and they will make it happen. But it's using the ideas of neuroscience and recognizing that it is the brain of the person we are talking to, that's the real stakeholder. And therefore getting under the skin of what's happening and finding out how they're feeling, that is why it's so important. I think the other thing is that, you know, um, people shouldn't beat themselves up for using traditional surveys that they have done for years because that's all that's been available. And it's only really in the last 20 or 30, 40 years perhaps, that neuroscientists have understood more about how the brain works. And we've been able to, to show a map, the, the, the sort of things that we're talking about, that the, the brain is slower to respond to things that uh, are incongruent than congruent. It, for instance, it takes longer to tell a lie than to tell the truth. 
Mm. That's that's yeah. the sort of strange thing that's been found, and you can understand that because the the brain is trying to you know work out something to or doing something that it doesn't actually want to do. That's not how it's 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 set up. The brain is very automatic. Most of what we do is automatic. Um, Ninety five percent plus of everything we do is is driven by that non conscious part of our brain. Uh, and of course, what, what we don't have is let's not think that there's a division between the non-conscious and the conscious, because there isn't. Most of the time, the brain is working in symbiosis. But every now and then, and particularly where there may be risk to the individual in terms of their response, they will manipulate that response. And, and that is not helpful for business, because business is not getting truth about how people feel. And the time is now, you know, this is the new frontier in how we measure how people feel about work. And the, the, we've got a number of big organisations who've clocked onto this and, and are ahead of the game with it. Um, I don't know, Andy, if you, you, could you talk about some of the work we've done, not necessarily naming people, but how that's helped businesses? Yeah, in terms of one um, very large global company that's taken our platform in-house and is a consultancy and has built products on our platform for all sorts of areas uh, in terms of uh, total reward, well-being, mental health, um, and a number of other areas that our platform can be tapped into. It's an incredibly flexible platform, uh, and it's really sort of, I think, opened the eyes of some businesses and some business leaders to the fact that, you know, what I thought was happening in my business is actually quite different to what is actually happening, and we've been focusing in the wrong area. So it's really given them a better ROI, if you will, in terms of their spend and where they're focusing things and what they're doing within the business. I was attracted to the fact that there were um, global brands that are already using your platform, knowing that I'm doing a global survey and that the people that are answering this survey are senior leaders within their own organisation. I wanted to put in front of them something that I know other organisations have been very successful with. Even though it's still pretty cutting edge, there are a number of organisations that, as you say, have taken it on on the last few years and are getting really good results. And I think for me, that was that link between so many organisations using it for their staff engagement surveys and how their staff are feeling about the organisation. And in my survey, I'm asking senior leaders to use the platform to say, how do we think our capability for change is actually happening? happening how confident are we with our ability to make change happen and I wanted them to have a reliable track record if you like because you know they're senior leaders and I don't want to waste their time and of course when we're talking about change and doing things differently what leaders have to do is also accept that you may have to use different methods of getting information than what you've used for the last sort of 20 or 30 years and complementing those functional uh, traditional surveys, if you will, with the, the more modern behavioral science, psychology-based type of uh, information gathering platform that we have at Neurotech. And this is what I've done is that I've used the functional questions, if you like, to find out what elements of the change process and uh, techniques do we have in place? Mm. So what structural stuff are we doing? And then being able to align that to, yeah, but how confident are we feeling that it's working? So it's pulling those two together. That's what makes the results so very interesting.
And the, the beauty of the, the platform is that it's a global platform. So it can be used in any country, translated into any language, used on any digital device. Um, and that's really great for picking up cultural differences, which again, traditional surveys don't always do because some areas of, of the world, it's impolite to say anything negative. So you tend to get a very positive response all the way through a survey, which doesn't tap into how people are really feeling. I'm really pleased that I'm using the Neurotech platform because I think it is new and different. And I think it's going to produce important information about our ability to see what's in place for change, the strides that we've taken in terms of producing uh, frameworks and processes, and we've done training with staff, and then how it actually feels in terms of, are we making a difference? And I think those are the results that I want to get out to people. And we're in a brave new world now where uh, actually we have to ask ourselves the difficult question, not have we done everything, but is it actually working? Yeah, there's going to be the brave, open-minded leaders who um, who really benefit from this. And I think they have to take a step back and say, right, you want to do something different in your business, then you have to accept that there's a different way of doing things and embrace that. Mm. Fantastic talking to you both. Thank you for coming on to the Neurocast. Thank you, Andy Dean. And thank you, Melanie Franklin. I hope you see you again soon.